Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. This edition is a special edition I created because I get so many messages every day, mainly in social media, with people asking for kind of the same questions over and over again. Typically, it's somebody who either has a child or a significant other who has ADHD, or they've just recently been diagnosed and like suddenly their whole lives are starting to make sense. And I wanted to create an episode that was really more focused on relationships and self-esteem and what things you need to know, maybe some tips if you have ADHD, but maybe even more importantly, some suggestions for those of you who have a loved one who has ADD or ADHD, because, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it really does boil down to relationships. So I created this episode as like the place to start. So I'm really excited for you to listen to it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing this episode, like right now with anyone you know, who either has ADHD or maybe they have a child or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse who has ADHD, or maybe you have ADHD and you need the people who love you to understand a little bit more about how your brain works. Thank you so much for being here. All right, let's get to it. I know it's not easy. I know it's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt to have this kind of a brain. And finding out, being diagnosed, and actually having my brain scanned with a spec scan, I mean, it was just like eye-opening. But it was also one of those things where it's like, yeah, I knew it, but it's still really reassuring to go, oh, I'm not crazy, or I'm not dumb, or I'm not deficient. I just have a different kind of brain. So I think it is important for you to hear from a spouse or someone who's learned to deal with someone they love who has ADD or ADHD. And that might be your child. It might be your significant other who has it. It might be your boss. It could be a brother or sister or sibling, a best friend. I think this should be really helpful. You have to learn to be very, very patient, like next level patient, because a lot of times you're going to have to repeat yourself or you're having a conversation and they're not ready for the conversation. And this is stuff that is still going on. Like I will start having a conversation with her and she'll look up and she'll go, can you stop and repeat all of that? Because I was somewhere else like thinking about something else. I'm just used to it now. But let's say your spouse or your partner hasn't been diagnosed with ADD. You could look at this as just like the most like inconsiderate, self-serving, selfish way of acting. You know, and she understands sometimes if, like if I get frustrated too, because she has to, it has to work both ways. Like, so just because, you know, she has ADD and sometimes I have to repeat myself or I have to be patient. She also understands like, and she'll say it, she'll go, oh my gosh, I can't believe what a saint you are. You're so, you know, you're so patient with me. And I know it can be frustrating when you have to repeat yourself. I know you just told me those dates yesterday. Don't take it personal. They're not trying to do it. They're not trying to forget things. They're not trying to tune you out. It's just the way their brain works. And the quicker you get to that resolve, the better your relationship starts to become. You start to learn kind of like how to communicate better and when to communicate. So for instance, if Shalene is on her cell phone or if Shalene is on her laptop or if she's like down looking at like a calendar and trying to plan stuff out, here's what I do. I'm gonna say, hey, hun, when you're done doing what you're doing, could I get you for a second just so I could ask you a couple questions? That's it. So you, when you see that they're occupied, do not blurt out 
the question or a response or a statement or something that they have to remember. That is the worst thing that you can do is when they are focused on what they're focused on right now is for you to give them more content that they have to absorb, more information that they have to absorb, some kind of date. Don't ever give them anything valuable, like that something like they have to be somewhere at a certain time or they can't miss this appointment or anything like that when they're in their own zone doing whatever they're doing. It's not that they're trying to drive you crazy. It's just the way their brain works. And as soon as you get to the point where you know that that's the case, the better. Most importantly, uh, if you have ADD, your brain works so differently than someone who doesn't. As hard as it is for you to understand someone who can remember everything and can focus on 95 things at once, as hard as it is for you to understand how their brain can do that, it's equally, if not more so, difficult for them to understand why your brain can't do that. It feels very personal. It feels very disrespectful when you've been told something and your significant other or your a parent says, this is very important. Now, don't forget you need to do this. And then you forget to do it. It feels very intentional. It feels personal. And it can be incredibly frustrating. I've seen it end marriages. I've seen children, like their confidence destroyed because a parent believes that this child is being defiant. A healthy dose of understanding can go such a long way. I mean, we've come a long way in our marriage, and I really hope that this episode is helpful for you. The other thing you cannot do, don't shift topics on them. Like you can't be talking about, hey, we're going this weekend, we're going to go see our son Brock, but first we're going up to LA because we have this meeting and this podcast. And hey, do you remember we were going to talk about doing that evaluation of that employee? Their brain is just, it's too much. It's too much. So you really have to focus on one specific topic at a time and to be really precise and like almost like go over and beyond like communicating it and making sure like they totally understand the concept that you're talking about and the topic. So Shalene, especially when we talk about something really serious, whether it's business or personal or, you know, with the kids or anything, when we're talking about something really serious, like she does it with everything else. She'll like put her laptop aside and just like focus on us. She'll get her out her pad of paper because a lot of times, and I don't know if this, because I don't have this, she looks at me all the time and says, aren't you going to get a pad of paper and write this stuff down? I'm like, sure. Because I know that helps her because that gives her anxiety if somebody else isn't writing it down, but I really don't need to. I can remember two or three things. I can remember dates. You know, I usually just put them in my phone. She gets pad and paper and writes things down. So it might be a suggestion if you know your spouse or your partner has ADD, whether they're diagnosed or not, they just have a tendency to forget, is that when you're having a serious conversation and going over topics that, you know, suggest that they get their out their journal or their notepad so that they can take notes so that they can always refer back to it. Always write it down. And to take the time to write it down, because I know you think you're going to remember it. But when we try to force our brains to remember it, because the brain of someone with ADD is grabbing and looking and thinking at so many different things, you aren't going to remember it. And the act of literally taking pen to paper creates a connection in the brain that is going to help you to remember it. And that's going to improve the way you feel about yourself. Because if you have ADD, 
it feels so bad when you don't remember things. Like your partner can say, hey, do you mind going to the grocery store? I need one thing, just one really important thing. And it's coffee creamer. Do not forget the coffee creamer. And you can be going, okay, okay, so I'm going to the store. And then you're in the store and you're like, look at all these products and look at all these things. Look at all these beautiful things. And you start putting things in your cart. You're like, oh, I'm going to be a wonderful wife. And I'm going to pick up some of this and pick up some of this. And you put all these things in your cart. And then as you're leaving the store, you're like, well, look at that cute little clothing boutique next door. And you go into the clothing boutique and you're like, look at these cute clothes. And you buy some of those. And then you get in your car and you drive home and you walk in the door and your spouse says, did you get the coffee creamer? It's the one thing you forgot. It's the only thing you forgot, right? I know. And it feels horrible. You feel so bad because then it feels like to the person who doesn't have this brain, it feels like you're being passive aggressive. To them, it feels like you did it on purpose, right? It's really important that if you are married to someone who doesn't have ADD, that you help them to understand that this is so not personal. I'm not trying to be this way. I don't want to be this way. I hate that I have to do this. I hate that I have to ask you. I hate that I can't focus. Like no one wants to be this way, but it's how our brains work. So my tip for you is you must always write it down. And ideally you want one thing to always write it down. And that's one of the reasons why I created a push journal. I need something that I can have with me at all times. So if I have a quick note, I have to jot it down. I can jot it down. And that is, I live by this thing. If you have ADD, you must live with the same writing device with you at all times. Because if you're trying to put it on post-it notes, if you're trying to put it on like random sheets of paper or putting it in your phone, if you have ADD, don't even try to rely on your phone. You know why? Because your phone is nothing but a digital distraction. The second you pick it up, you're like, you've already forgotten that you need to write a note. You know what you do? The second you pick it up, you're like, I wonder how my Instagram post is doing. You know, it's true. That is why we were in the middle of developing an app for the push journal, when just in the development of the app, I realized it's my phone that's making my ADD worse. So why would I be putting an app on my phone? It's making it worse. I need to go back to the original neuroscience of forming the letters myself. So I'm making that hand-brain connection. Listen, if you have ADD, and again, it doesn't have to be my push journal, But you need to create, you need to have one little tiny notebook, you know, maybe it's just a simple, you know, whatever, a plain notebook if you want, but one, and you live with it till it's full. Some of it I can't control any more than I can control the fact that I have green eyes. They're not blue, they're green. You know what I mean? But there are a lot of things I can learn to cope with. So I am very particular about the circumstances and the environment in which I'm working. So if I have to really focus, which I do a lot, like I I do a a ton of reading, I do a lot of studying, a lot of scientific review, a lot of like deep diving into information and try to do that with other people around. And someone might interrupt me and say like, hey, I've got a quick question for you. And I'd be like, oh, you know, you want to be polite. Sure. How can I help you? And then you're like, where was I? So for someone who has attention deficit disorder, A minor interruption, even just a notification on your phone, can require 10 times more energy, literally calorie burn in your brain to just bring yourself back to the point where you remember what you were freaking doing. And it creates anxiety and it creates 
a panicked feeling. And then you, your brain, you start getting in your own head and you start going like, what was, oh man, then you start beating yourself up. Like, I cannot remember what was I even working on? And the moment someone taps you on the shoulder or a phone notification or, or anyone interrupts you and you weren't ready for it, your brain just goes into that like immediately. And so for those of you who don't have ADD, let me tell you, this is what's happening in the mind of your loved one. We're like, oh no, oh no, like a fire alarm goes off and you start freaking out in your brain and the person is talking and you see lips moving. It's like you have earplugs in, their lips are moving, but you don't hear a word they're saying because all you can hear in your own head is this voice saying like, you're never going to remember what they're saying and you're never going to remember what you were just doing. That means in my office, I can't work in a communal space and I don't need to beat myself up for that. I'm social. I want to be around people, but if I have something I need to focus on, I cannot do it. So right now I'm in my podcast room and it is soundproof. And this is where I do my studying. This is where I do my writing. This is where I write emails. And I would love to be able to do this in an office environment, but in an office environment, I have to kind of hide myself away. That way I can work 10 times faster because I don't have any distractions. I can't have music on. I can't have any sound. I can have like zero distractions. And that's me personally. Sleep is your friend. And unfortunately, for those of you who have ADD, you've got all these millions and trillions of ideas, right? So you're always like, you never have a shortage of ideas. It's always a million things going through your head. You're like, you walk into a room to put away some clothes and you see like, oh, there's a blouse I was going to sew. And then you grab the blouse and you go downstairs and you pull out the sewing machine. And as you're pulling out the sewing machine, you're like, wait a second, what are these dyes from? Oh, I should tie dye something. And then you tie dye something. You're like, Oh, and then you get a notification on your friend. You're like, oh, I'm supposed to write that email. Like if you have ADD, like ideas are popping into your head constantly. And because of that, it's often hard to sleep because you want to wake up and think about all of your ideas. You go to sleep with all these ideas popping in your head and it's really hard for you to focus. So for me, I spent years being chronically sleep deprived, not because I couldn't sleep, but because I didn't want to sleep. It was fun to think. It was fun to do. It was fun to create ideas. I loved it. Even today, if I could, if I knew it was healthy, I would stay up until 2 a.m. and I would wake up at four. But once I did my brain scan and then they sent me to a sleep specialist to have to figure out what was going on with my brain, they're trying to figure out like why I wasn't sleeping. I was like, I'm, we don't need a specialist to figure this out. I'm just setting my alarm too early. I'm going to bed too late and I'm setting my alarm too early. But if you want to send me to a specialist, <laughs> You can. So they sent me to a specialist to just to rule out that I didn't have sleep apnea or anything like that. I'm like, no, I I don't have sleep apnea. I have bad habits. Yeah. And if I want to improve my brain health, I was told by Dr. Amen, if you want to improve your brain health, because right now your brain looks about 10 years older than it should, and you are on the fast track for Alzheimer's if you keep up this lifestyle stuff. And that was a wake up call. So I had changed my habits. I had to start going to bed early and I had to start waking up later. I still have to force myself to do that. So sleep is huge. And what I found is that the less sleep I have, the harder it is for my synapses to connect. And that is true for anyone with ADD. Sleep is how we clean our brains. So for those of you who have ADD, you know how difficult it is for you to have a cluttered home. Just seeing clutter, if you have ADD, anything out of place, it's like you can't focus right? So imagine if everything in your brain is out of place because it is only during sleep 
that our brains actually clean themselves. That's, that's, it's during, we need that important, that critical REM sleep to, in order to clear the toxins from our brain. If we don't, you can live without food and you can live without water for long periods of time. You will die without sleep sooner than you will either of those two things. Kind of crazy, huh? So you can't underestimate the power of sleep. Listen, since I recorded that particular tip, I have spent the last, I don't know, five months working on research and development with one of the show sponsors, and that is Soul CBD. So as you guys know, I've talked about Soul CBD for a long time because I fell in love with their dream capsules. I fell in love with their dream capsules because it was one of the only supplements that I could find that didn't make me feel groggy in the morning and actually helped me get improved sleep. And then I started realizing that we needed a sleep solution for my father-in-law who has Alzheimer's and he's not one to really take capsules. I'm really not that big a fan of capsules either. I mean, I take enough of them, but if there were a way to formulate that dream capsule into a gummy, I was like, that would be a total win. So I started working with Soul CBD on creating their dream capsule in a gummy formation or a gummy form, if you will. And as we're going through the you know, R&D for this product, we realized that there were additional ingredients that we could add to the gummy that would make it even more effective. That specifically being cannabinol. Now, cannabinol also comes from the cannabis plant, but it doesn't have any of the ingredients that would make a person feel high, if you will, like THC does. So you won't get any high from it. This product contains zero THC. And as a matter of prudence, they triple lab test every single, not just every product, but like every single batch of every single product that they produce. And then they sometimes double check the triple lab testing. I mean, it's kind of amazing. But anyway, so it's got cannabinol, but it's the cannabinol combined with the CBD, combined with the melatonin that really gives you incredibly restorative sleep. Now, if you have ADHD, one of the things you struggle with is your memory and processing thoughts, which means you need more REM sleep. It is REM sleep that for me has been my nemesis. I just could not get enough REM sleep. And I know this because I track it. I use an aura ring. I've used a whoop band. I've used a lot of different methodologies to track my sleep to like know for certain what type of sleep I'm getting and how to improve it. And I'm just telling you, you can look at my numbers. I post them all the time on social media. It wasn't until I started using the sleep gummy. And also with a gummy, you can like bite or cut off the amount that you want. So for example, if one gummy isn't enough, you don't have to just take two. You could take one and a quarter because you can cut a gummy where you can't cut a capsule. So it's super duper effective because it really does allow for you to customize the right dosage. I'm saying all this because it matters to me because it's made a huge difference in my sleep. It's made a huge difference in Brett's sleep. And I really think this could be the right solution for you. It tastes really good. It's a blueberry lemon flavor. But most importantly, like who cares what it tastes like? It friggin' works. And by the way, it's got the top great ingredients. This is not your run-of-the-mill, buy-it-at, your local drugstore gummy. This has the best quality ingredients. It's like three gummies in one. And I'm telling you, it is worth the investment that you're going to make in your sleep. So check it out. You can try yours now and the whole line of CBD products by going to mysoulcbd.com. Again, 
It's mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. And that's the important part because that's going to give you 15% off automatically at checkout. If you want to enter a code, you can. It's code 15, but you shouldn't need to. You should just be able to just go directly to that link, mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. Don't waste any time. Don't think, oh, maybe I'll do this later. You just do it now while the episode is playing. Why not? And try the sleepy gummies. They are going to be your nighttime bestie. I promise you will not regret it. Again, mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen for 15% off. All right, let's get back to the show. When it comes to ADHD, two things are better than medication. Number one is sleep. And number two is nutrition. And then third is medication. And I'm not an expert, so let me clearly state that is my opinion. But I think if you speak to just about any doctor who treats ADHD and isn't just a script writer, they are actually invested in seeing children succeed with ADHD and families succeed with ADHD. You're going to hear the very same thing. Like every single book that I've read on ADD and ADHD, whether it's for children or adults, the messaging is the same. It is nutrition, sleep, lifestyle, and medication. And keep in mind that medication for certain types of ADHD, it can make the conditions worse. So not every child who's diagnosed with ADHD needs to be on medication. Don't assume just because your doctor said, okay, your child definitely has ADHD, let's get them on medication. And you don't see it improving your child. That doesn't mean give up. That doesn't mean that you just take them off cold turkey. It means that you have to be ruthlessly devoted to figuring out a better way. Seeing another doctor, getting an additional opinion, but more than anything, being your own child's advocate. Learn everything you freaking can about the disease and then about your child in particular. Like, Talk to them about it. Ask them what goes through their head. And sometimes it's hard for us to describe it, but I promise you will be better served by asking those questions and seeking to understand. I'm a really confident person. I was a confident kid. But when it came to the things that came so much easier to other kids, man, I would beat myself up. I mean, especially anything related to time. And even to this day, it bothers me so much when I am late for something because I don't want to be late, because I don't want to be like this. And I hate that I can't estimate time. And I hate that there might be an occasion where it's like, I didn't look at the clock. And so I have no idea what time it is. And I know how that impacts people who don't have this, who are neurotypical. And to someone who doesn't understand the ADHD brain, it's really easy to assume that this person is being lazy, that they are a narcissist, that they are disrespecting your time. And just imagine how painful all those labels are. That you're self-centered, narcissist, lazy, that you don't care about other people, and that you're inconsiderate. Like, those are some of the most painful labels I can think of. I would rather be called stupid than be called those things because I care so much about other people. But even as a kid, even as a child, I would feel that stigma about showing up late or, or not being able to estimate my own time and just feeling really down on myself. Your child feels those things. You have to go overboard to show them your support and your unconditional love. And on the days when they do get it right, you have to let them know how proud you are of them, but also to let them know that even when they don't get it right, you still love them. And you're going to help smooth things over for them. You're going to help them get through the rough times. You're going to help them learn these coping mechanisms, but it doesn't 
make you love them any less, that they will likely struggle with these things for the rest of their lives. I mean, there are so many things that even today, I still struggle every single day to stay focused. If I don't use my push journal, if I don't schedule my time, I won't get the right things done. I'll get a lot of things done. I will hyper-focus and do things that I don't need to do, but my brain tells me I need to do them. It's really hard to control your impulses when you have ADHD. Children with ADHD are often rejected or unpopular with their peers, boys especially, because they tend to be really hyperactive, kind of impulsive. You know, this tends to show up with aggressive behaviors. And these things can be embarrassing for a parent. You know, it's a reflection on you. You take your child to a group or they're hanging out with other kids and it's embarrassing to you if your child doesn't get along or if your child is the one who's acting aggressively or impulsively, which is all the more reason why you want to make sure that a child with ADHD is involved in sports. Now, I haven't read this in too many of the books, but a few of them have mentioned this. And I can just tell you from personal experience, the more things that you can give a child with ADHD to do that they love, that's a key. They have to love it. And those things that are physical and those things that require both hand-eye coordination, those are so good for those of us who have ADHD because it really does improve our cognition. It keeps the brain busy. It keeps the body busy. It improves sleep and self-confidence. And it gives your child something to focus on other than memory, comprehension, and sitting still. If you can give a child something that they enjoy hyper-focusing on, you will have a win on your hands. Those of you who are parents of a child with ADHD, think big picture. I mean, drop the pressure you're putting on yourself and this kid to get exceptional grades. I'm just here to tell you, look for all the brilliance your child has and who gives two licks about what kind of grades they get. Just make sure they're doing their best. I want them to pass, obviously. But like, if you're expecting your child to get straight A's and they have ADHD, wow, are you doing a number on your kid? Like, you're putting an expectation on them that is really difficult. Let's just say that. Now, there are certainly exceptions. There are those kids who really do exceptionally well. They get excellent grades, especially children who have the type of ADHD that shows up as anxiety. Like they're very worried about disappointing, showing up to anything late, missing any details. Those kind of kids often do really, really well in school. But for the most part, it's a struggle. And I'm going to go on a limb here and tell you that your kids' grades have very little to do with their future success. I mean, the most successful entrepreneurs that I know have ADHD. And that's something you might want to consider. Pushing your child with ADHD into a traditional educational future might not be the best way to go. My personal opinion is that it is not in the best interest of a child with ADHD to make the assumption that what they need to do is get exceptional grades, to get into an exceptional college so that they can get this job where they have to fit into this norm that just, it doesn't work for most people with ADHD. That's why you find so many people with ADHD gravitate towards entrepreneurship because it allows us to hyper-focus on the things that we like, to work a schedule that works with our brain. And to do the things in a way that don't necessarily fit with corporate America. Am I suggesting that everyone with ADHD needs to be an entrepreneur? 
No, I'm not. But don't force your kids to live up to your expectations. Let them be who they want to be. It's not easy. It's not easy for the parent of a child with ADHD, but it's even much tougher on the kid. Keep that in mind. And to those of you who are married to somebody with ADHD, thank you for listening to this episode and for doing the work that you have been on trying to better understand what it's like for us and how to be a more supportive partner or parent. And just thank you for caring enough to try to do better. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.